0: Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. I'm going to ask you to find Second Chronicles chapter 20 tonight. Second Chronicles chapter 20. And, you know, unless the Lord changes and He can do that, I'm, I'm you know, the Wednesday nights that I'm preaching for the rest of the year, well, maybe not for all of them, but, but maybe, I'm going to talk about some facets of this, of divine healing. You know, last Wednesday night we talked about ministering healing and how we all have that, uh, you know, duty to do. Amen? It's not just for the preachers or just for a handful of people, you know. It's for everybody according to the Scriptures if you're a believer. Uh, you know, tonight I want to talk about uh, fighting uh, the fight of faith for healing. Because there sometimes is a fight of faith for healing. How many you know that? And so I just want to encourage you a little bit tonight, not to quit, not to give up, and that, you know, it's, it, it just happens sometimes. I don't have all the explanation. I don't know anybody that does. Uh, maybe I know people that think they do, <laughs> but I don't really know anybody who really does. And so, you know, but here's what I know. God's Word is true. And you just keep fighting until it comes to pass. Amen. Amen. You don't give up. Amen. So there are times all of us are going to, you know, we're going to have to, you know, stand a little while, you know. And I don't think it's necessarily, you know, um, well, let's just say that it's, it's not, let me say it like this. It's not that God's withholding. It's just we got, we got a warfare going on. How many know that? And so sometimes there's fights going on. And things, and sometimes maybe we need to adjust a few things. You know what I'm saying? You know, some people need to adjust some things in their life, maybe, and and it takes time for them to figure that out. But let's let's begin here by going to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and everybody act like you're excited about the word tonight. Amen. All All right. Now, verse 10, the Bible says, And now, behold, the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. You know, God has given us an inheritance. There you know, 11 times in the New Testament the word inheritance is used. And so we have an inheritance. And it's, it's not just forgiveness of sins, but it's more than forgiveness. Thank God it includes forgiveness of sins. But Paul was told by the Lord, he was sending him to preach forgiveness of sins and inheritance to the Gentiles. And so, you know, sometimes people could, might think that the only inheritance that we have is the forgiveness of sins. And if that was it... I'd still be shouting, how about you? Amen, I'd still be happy, I'd still be in church, I'd still be serving the Lord and just be thrilled because, you know, without that, we're in trouble. But God is so good, He's given us so much more than just forgiveness of sins. He's given us an inheritance. You say, well, what is that inheritance? Well, it's, you know, it's pretty broad. Uh, uh, Peter put it this way, he said that it pertains to, ev- it, it pertains to everything, or it's, it covers everything That pertains to life and godliness. So it's not just spiritual blessings, although they're there, but it's natural blessings. Amen. You know, the spiritual world made the natural world. Amen. And so, you know, the devil tries to cast us out of our inheritance. And one of our inheritances, one of our inheritance, one of our benefits of our inheritance is divine healing. God wants us well. It's the devil who fights that. You know, the Bible, Paul said this even about his own self. And he said, uh, we would have come to you once and again, but Satan hindered us. Well, I don't know about you how you feel about that. But, you know, I read where, the, you know, the Apostle Paul said the devil hindered him. I'm thinking, well, I'm probably going to have some, uh, some little trouble with him at times myself. Amen. If Paul got hindered, right. how many think that probably we could get hindered? Yeah. But here's what I like. He, he didn't say the devil stopped me. He hindered. He threw some roadblocks up. He he tried to keep me from reaching where I was wanted to go. But, uh, you know, uh, how many think Paul made it? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You know, Brother Hagin tells a funny story. Well, he did tell a funny story. Uh, he may still be going around heaven telling these stories. They were good stories. But, you know, he talked about, he met a guy one time that, you know, believed that, you know, that we were never going to die physically. That That, you know, that if we believe we have eternal life. And that meant we we're never going to die physically, you know, and Brother Hagin said, well, you know, I tried to be nice about it. And I just said, I said, well, what about Paul? So Paul, he died. And the guy said to Brother he said, well, Paul never made it. Brother Hagin said, I tried to be sweet about, it, but I just had to tell him, well, Paul never made it. You and I don't have a chance because <laughs> he wrote two thirds of the new Testament. How many think Paul made it? I believe he made it right. And so if he said the devil hindered him, well, then I understand that I'm going to have to deal with some of his hindrances sometimes, and I just need to know what to do. I need to know not to give up, not to quit, not to say it must not be God's will. There's a story in the book of Luke where Jesus went into the synagogue, and there was a woman there that had been uh, bowed together or bowed over, however you want to say that, for 18 years. I mean, if you've had something for 18 years, it would be fairly easy to convince yourself it must be the will of God. Amen. But I guarantee you, we've all had things in our life that's not the will of God for our lives. And maybe some stuff's been hanging around for a long time. All your bad attitudes aren't the will of God. I'm talking about those that have them, not you, of course. Those that didn't show up tonight. Uh, how many understand that, that you know? We, sometimes we hang. How I many God is with us sometimes on things for a long time? He's merciful, He's compassionate, and uh, slow to anger. Amen. Of great mercy, the Bible says. Thank God He is. And so, you know, this woman had this for 18 years. But when Jesus came into the synagogue, He said to her, He said, "Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity." Now, I have in my Bible, I got down there, legal status. He was telling her what legally belonged to her. Even the old covenant provided healing, didn't it? Sure it did. God was Jehovah Rapha to them. Well, he's still Jehovah Rapha today. How many know that? Yes. And so, you know, they, um, the, 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 he, then after he said that, woman, you're loose from your infirmity, he went over and laid his hands on her, and she was made perfectly straight. And listen to what he said. He said, ought not this woman... Being a daughter of Abraham, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day. What was he saying? She had covenant benefits. She had rights. She had an inheritance, and for 18 years the devil had kept her out of her inheritance. Think about that. I don't know about you, but I want my inheritance, and I want it all. Right? I say it like this. I've said it like this before. I said, you know, I don't want Jesus' blood to be spilled in vain for anything in my life. I want everything he shed his blood to give me. Amen. Now, if I don't, if I don't, if I don't obtain it all in this life, you, I'm going to leave this world trying. You, you hear what I'm saying? I'm planning on obtaining it all, but you know, if I don't, I'm going to leave here trying. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so, you know, Jesus said it like this. He's, he, when he's talking to this Canaanite woman, he said that uh, healing and deliverance are the children's bread. Man, it's our sustenance. It's, it's, it belongs to us, right? Yeah. Praise God. You say, well, why aren't we all healed? Well, you know, there, there's a lot of reasons why we're not all healed, but it's not, it's not that it's not the will of God. We have to settle that, that God's will, you know, isn't always done in all of our lives sometimes and uh you know sometimes it you know we don't I, i'm not i'm not condemning us i'm just saying we're still learning yeah, that's right. amen yeah. we're still learning right yeah. i mean you know how you know, our goal is to be and to grow into the likeness of christ yeah, right. to grow up and, and and the bible says that it, i think it's ephesians says that we grow up into him in all things i still got some more things to grow how about you you know, and thank God, you know, as long as that's the case, my job is safe because the Bible says he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers until we reach the, you know, the full maturity, the perfecting of the saints. And so, well, praise God, even if you guys, have, even if even, perhaps we get you there, there's still going to be people just getting saved that need it. Praise, praise God. So I'm going to be around for a long time. Hallelujah. So I just want you to know that, you know, we have an inheritance and part of our inheritance is healing. And um, you know, there's a lot of other things, but that's not what we're talking about tonight. But I want to talk to you tonight, and I'm going to try to make this long so the kids can have a lot of fun. And <laughs> <laughs> huh. Let's just check and see if Pastor Jerry's still in the sanctuary. Praise the Lord! All right, Amen. He's still here. But I want to talk to you about fighting uh, the 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 fight of faith for healing. Now, I thank God those times that you know it manifests instantly. And listen, that's what I'm shooting for. That's what I'm believing for. But I also face reality to know that in my life, I don't know about yours, I don't know you, like what all you've went through, but in my life, it hasn't all been instant. But I'm, not, I'm still fighting the fight. Amen. Amen? And you say, well, what if you die fighting the fight? Well, at least I can stand before God and say, I, you know, I, I, I ran a good race. Yeah. Hallelujah. I stuck with it till the end, Father. Amen. Amen. You know, and I've had friends. You know, I've had one friend who had a problem in his body for fourteen years. Fourteen years in pain for fourteen years. That's a long time. But you know what? He stuck with it, and then one day he he was totally delivered of it. Now, how many know he's probably glad he stayed with it? Yeah. Fourteen years is long enough. But but you know what? Hey, twenty eight's worse. That's right. Amen. All right, now, so I want you to go, we're going to look at some scripture tonight. Uh, let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 6, and, and I want to just begin talking about this, that we have that we need to fight the fight of faith for healing. We need to fight the fight of faith. Hallelujah. And so I'm just telling you up front what we're talking about. I heard a guy say this the other day. He, he, he teaches preachers to preach, and he said, one of my pet peeves is when preachers get up and announce what they're going to preach on. I thought, boy, you wouldn't like to hear me preach because I tell you every time, praise God. I want you to know what I'm preaching on. Amen. I don't want you to just guess, you know. We're talking about fighting the fight of faith. I mean, I've heard people preach, and I thought, well, it was good, but I don't know what it was. Well, what are we talking about tonight? We, we all, all of us preachers have those. Brother Eddie used to call them scatter barrel messages. You just preached on everything that night. I mean, we've been all over the world, around the world, and we, we've solved every problem. And so there's nights like that, but, you know, I have a purpose. I have a name. So I thought, this guy don't never need to show up in our service because I'll tell you, I'm preaching on fighting the good fight of faith for healing. And we need to do that. Amen. We don't just need to give in. You say, well, I've been battling something for years. Well, don't give in. I'm encouraging you. Don't give in. Now. Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. The Bible tells us to fight the good fight of faith. So, I mean, there's a fight, isn't there? Yeah. There's a fight to faith. Of course, once you enter into faith, you enter into rest. But there's a fight to fight and win by faith. Paul said it himself. He said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. So, there's this fight to faith. Anybody ever watch, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm a little different, but, you know, pretty much most sports I'll watch. You know, there's a few I don't care about. I don't don't watch golf. You know, I've played golf a a few times, and, you know, I just want to keep my salvation, so I don't play golf. And, uh, you know, I can understand why you get real frustrated with that game real quick when that ball doesn't go where you told it to go. And, uh, you know, but, but, you know, one of the things I like to watch is bull riding. Now I know, uh, you know, I know some professional bull. I know one couple professional bull riders. They're not active any longer, but you know, one of our friends. I don't even think we knew he was a bull rider until he said he was a bull rider. And Doctor Bark said, "Oh no, he was a famous bull rider." And yeah, I, you know, I don't, maybe, Doc, maybe Doc said he had his autograph or something on a picture or something. But you know, we didn't know that pastor friend was a bull rider. He's from Texas. We should have known. But anyway, you know how many know they all they have to do. It's just stay on the thing for eight seconds. That's it. You should be able to stay on anything for eight seconds, right? Eight seconds. But have, <laughs> that's a joke. If you ever watch them, those bulls are trained, man. They're, you know, they're trained. How many you know they're trained? They're trained to get you off. Yeah, I was telling somebody the other day, I, said, I watched this special about bull riding one time. And there used to be this bull, and he was like the baddest one on the planet that maybe had ever been, his name was Bodacious, and Bodacious like he he stomped one guy's face and put him in the hospital. He had to re- reconstructive surgery and all because you know a lot of times in those bulls when they throw them off they're trained they just go straight to the shoot and leave leave the arena they know where to go they know what to do, and Bodacious but Bodacious wasn't that way. If he got you off he wanted to he wanted to hurt you while he had you on the ground, and so he was very hard to ride. And so this. They, they went out, and special. they went out to where Bodacious lived, you know, his pasture where he, he lived, and his owner, you know. And his owner, you know, he's one of these guys. He raised bulls for, you know, for bull riding and, and, and for the rodeos. And so he, he talks about, they go out there to where Bodacious is at, if I remember right. Uh, and But he's talking about Bodacious. He says, you know, really, in, 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 out here in the pasture, he's very gentle. He said kids can walk up and pet him. He's real gentleman. He says, but if I get ready to leave with my truck and the trailer that hauls bulls to the arena, and he sees that, he comes running. He wants to get in it. He says he knows the game. And once he gets you in that arena and you get on his back, he wants to get you off, and he wants to cause you a miserable life amount of pain. But it's just for eight seconds, right? Well, how many know, sometimes when we're believing God, it ain't no eight-second ride. You got to stay with it, because the devil tried to throw you out of your inheritance, and so we have to fight what the Bible calls the the good fight of faith. How many know a good fight is a fight a good fight because you win? Isn't that right? You know, I remember. uh, I hope he doesn't see this, but I remember my younger brother coming home from school. Uh, uh, it, It happened several days in a row, and he come up, and I mean, he's 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 bruised. He's got black eyes. He's got cuts on him. And all, and he's getting in a fight with the same guy every day after school out in the parking lot. And uh, he's talking about how he's beating him up. I said, boy, from the looks of you, he can't stand too much more beating up. Uh-huh. But, I mean, you know, a good fight's one you what? You win. you win. Right? That's a good fight, you know. And so uh, God's designed us to be winners. I mean, really, when you think about it, he stacked the deck. It's not even fair because we have weapons, the Bible says, that are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So if we don't learn to use our weapons, then how many know you're liable to get defeated? But thank God for weapons, amen? So listen, how many know you've got to have some fight in you? you got to ask yourself, do I have any fight in me? Am I willing to fight, or am I willing to just give up? What about the woman with the issue of blood? She had an issue of blood for 12 years. Now, you know this woman was a fighter because she had uh, spent all that she had and had been to many physicians and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. But she still hadn't given up, had she? One day she heard about another doctor coming into town. His name was Dr. Jesus. And when she heard about him, she thought, I'm going to this one. Amen. How many know Jesus was a great physician, wasn't he? The Bible said how God anointed him with the Holy Ghost and with power, and he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So when she heard of Jesus, even though she wasn't supposed to be out in public, even though she could be stoned for being out in public, she got herself outside of public, and she found her way. I mean, this, this couldn't have been easy. She's, she's had this for 12 years, but she forced, she, she forced herself to get up. She forced her way out in the street, and she got something, didn't she? She was a fighter. I like that about her. She was a fighter. How about, how about the children of Israel? Were they fight? You know, the ones that came out of Egypt, were they fighters? Well, think about it. They were ready to give up, weren't they? The Bible said when they heard about the giants, we're, we'll go back into Egypt. How many got to have some fight in you? See, they didn't get into their inheritance because they weren't fighting. Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but I, that's not me. How about you? Man, every day I'm fighting the fight of faith for healing and for everything that belongs to me. Amen. Yeah. Look at Luke chapter 32. I'm sorry. Luke 22. There is no Luke 32. Luke 22. Come on. Are you getting anything out of this tonight? Yeah. See, I'm just talking about, you know, fighting this good fight of faith. Don't just give up. Don't just give in. Don't just quit. Fight it. Yeah. In, in uh, Luke 22, Jesus said this to Peter, verse twenty. Uh, verse 31 Luke twenty-two, thirty-one, 31 and the Lord said Simon Simon behold Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat now what was he going to do He was trying to separate Peter from his faith yep. see that's what he's trying to do but I have prayed for you aren't you glad Jesus prays for us yeah. says he makes intercession doesn't it yeah. that thy faith fell not so how many know he wouldn't know what to pray for right so evidently, the thing the devil is trying to do is separate Peter from his faith. And when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. You see, the reason why sometimes the devil fights us so hard over things is he wants to separate us from our faith. Remember when he came to Job, you know, and, and uh, God said, what have you been doing, devil? He said, well, I've been going to and fro uh, throughout the earth, you know, walking up and down in it. God said, have you, have you considered Job? He's my servant. He's upright. You know, he fears me, hates evil. And, uh, you know, the devil said, well, he, he, you know, he didn't fear you for no reason at all. You know, you've got a hedge about him. But you take that hedge down and, uh, you know, we'll, he'll curse you to your face. Well, how many you know that's exactly what the devil wanted Job to do? He wanted to separate him from his faith. Remember, even, even but, but the Bible tells us, instead of separating Job from his faith, by, and it wasn't God that attacked him, the Bible says Satan went forth and did it. All right, so you have to read that. But instead of separating, Job just worshiped the Lord. And even his wife told him, you know, when he got the sore boils from the top of his head to the, to the soles of his feet, uh, man, just one of those is bad enough, but from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, my goodness, uh, and anyway, she said, "Why don't you just curse God and die?" How many would like to have a wife? How many guys like to have a wife like that? No, thank you. Right? Who needs the devil? You got a wife like that. All I could think of was she is the insurance policy must have been paid up. <laughs> just go on. I'll get me another one. But Job said, "You talk like one of the foolish women." He said, no, "We're not going to do that." He kept blessing God, didn't he? Hallelujah. He kept praising God. Well, what was the devil? He was just se- he's trying to separate him from his faith. I don't know how you feel about this, but, but reading the Bible, studying the Bible, and life experiences have taught me that sometimes the devil will contest me when I'm believing for something. And he's, his whole goal is to try to separate me from my faith, to get me to let go of my faith. That's why the Bible calls it the trying of your faith. But it says, if you endure, you'll come out lacking nothing. Yeah. Hallelujah! Yeah. Isn't that right? James chapter one. You just keep pushing on. Yeah. You're going to come out lacking nothing. Hallelujah! I like that. Amen. I don't know about you, but when I found that out, that just makes that just makes me more determined. Amen. <laughs> how many know one thing? You, how many know if you tell a kid, "Don't touch that," how many how many know that's the thing? they're going to want to touch. You know what I'm saying? We we had one of our granddaughters was that way when she was young. She Her hands went everywhere. I mean everywhere. She was in my office one day and I brought her out. She was just probably three years old at the time. And she was sitting on my lap at my desk. And I brought her out and said, man, I feel like I got an octopus in my office. There's tentacles going everywhere. She's grabbing everything. And and, we, you know, and I would say if there was a red button there that said do not push this so you'll blow the whole earth up, she would push it just to see what would happen. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You know, kids, they hadn't even thought about d- touching it or doing it until you brought it up. And then when you bring it up, yeah, I'm, I'm going to find out why. Amen. Well, I'm that way with the devil. Find out. He, he's putting that pressure on me. That just makes me that much more intent. He's not going to win. I'm just I don't know about you, but, but there's just something about that. You know, I, I want to be hard-headed about that. I don't want to be hard-headed about everything, but when it comes to my, the promises of God, I want to be hard-headed. Yeah. You're, you're not going to get me. See, He tries to change us. You know the Bible says, we walk by. Faith. We walk by faith and what? Not by, not by sight. He wants to change that to where we're walking by sight and not by faith. He wants to separate us from our faith because he knows faith breaks his dominion over our life. I mean, that's how you got born again, right? You get by your faith, right? You know, he said, "Well, it's through grace." Yeah, but you got it by faith. Grace is accessed by faith. Uh, I don't know about you, but you know, I don't know if this is helping you tonight. But man, it just makes me want to stick with it. Have you ever been tempted to quit? It's like the founder of Chick-fil-A, Truett Cathy, said one time, he said, how how can you tell if somebody needs encouragement? How can you tell it? He said, here's how you can tell it. They're breathing. I thought that was good. They're breathing. Yeah. So absolutely, all of us have had those temptations to quit, maybe give up on something. We know God's word promises us and quit, you know, and give in. Uh, but listen, don't let the devil win in your life. Right. Don't let the devil win in your life. Right. So he people say, well, you know, my aunt, so-and-so, she was believing God and she died. Yeah, well, it wasn't good she, she died believing God. Mm-hmm. <coughs> well, can you explain why she died? Well, I don't know that it's my responsibility to do that. Right. Bob says the secret things belong to the Lord. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he'll tell you. It's probably just between her and, he, and the Lord. Yeah. Amen. You know, sometimes, sometimes things are, are a mystery to us. And but don't let don't let don't let the devil take that and put unbelief in you. I just don't. I don't let my head go there. I don't. I don't. I don't think about those things. Man, I've prayed for people and they've gotten healed. I've prayed for people and they have died. But all I know is I'm just told to pray for people. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't understand it all. I don't know it all. I know God's good. I know God wants us all well. But I also know that we, as human beings, sometimes we fall a little short. But thank God, you know, we're, no matter what happens, we're going to heaven if we're born again. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So I just that's just the way I approach this. Maybe it helps you approach it differently. It helps me to approach it. Just don't even touch it in your thought life. Don't even think about it. Don't even try to figure it out. If God wanted you to know, he'd tell you. Now, I did, he did tell me one time, I went to pray for a, I was praying for a guy. He had been involved in an accident. The guy had been born again. He'd been uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then he got out of church, and he got away from God. And then he came back for a little bit, and then he got away from God again. And one night, he was drinking and had an accident and, and crashed. And he's in the hospital, and they don't think he's going to live. And I'm praying for him to live, and he starts getting better. And it looks like, all right, praise the Lord. Uh, you know, God's moving on his behalf. And then I get a call. He died. Just, you know, just all of a sudden he took a turn for the worse and he died. And so, I, you know, God doesn't have to explain things to you. But that, but that day he did. I went to God and said, I don't understand this, why he died. He said, well, because it was the best time for him to go. Now, some people don't believe this, but I'm just telling you what, you know, you don't have to accept this as theology, but I'm just telling you what I heard from the Lord, I, I believe. The Lord said, he's been in and out of, of church. He's been in and out serving me. Once he got injured, he got back right with me. And I did hear, you know, he, he, he asked one of his friends to go get him a preacher. And so he got right with me. He said, had he lived, he would have just got back out again. It was the best time for him to go home and be with me. Now, how many know that wasn't what God wanted? But He chose that by His disobedient lifestyle. But thank God, heaven's better than hell. Amen. Amen. And so I don't know. Maybe you don't accept that. Maybe you don't agree with that. That's fine. You can, bring, you can, you can figure it out your own way. But here's what I do know. I do know there, there are some times when there's things like that with this guy that had he have lived, he'd have done the same thing. And who knows if, he, he, if, if God would have let him live that way. We don't know. I don't know that he wouldn't have died at a time when he was away from God. God's merciful. Amen. I actually have scripture for this, but I'm not teaching on this tonight. So anyway, we're teaching about obtaining your healing, not dying early because of your disobedience. <laughs> Although there needs to be some teaching on that sometimes because people do sometimes die early because of their disobedience. It wasn't God's plan. It wasn't God's will. They just chose the, the, a path that, uh, you know, left God out. It's a shame, but people do that doesn't mean they're not going to heaven. It just means they're going quicker. Right? You know, certain things we do with our life can shorten our life. How many know that? See, you know, I know some, sometimes people teach that God has a set time for you to die. But did you know the Bible doesn't teach that? The Bible talks about lengthening your days. The Bible talks about shortening your days. Proverbs is full of it. These will give you length of days. Long life will add, will add unto you. Well, if you can lengthen your days, then God doesn't have a set time. Amen. Now you live a long life. There may be a day when God says it's time for you to come home and he just removes your spirit. Well, that's a good, that's a good day. When you just leave, hallelujah. And I've seen that happen where people just, yeah, they just left. Well, they just, amen. Oh, uh, one minister, uh, he was a Baptist minister, got filled with the Holy Spirit and began teaching. And begin teaching, you know, the, the, the full gospel message. Man, he was a real faith guy. And, but he got older. You know, everybody gets older. You know, if the Lord tarries, you're going to get older. Matter of fact, you just got older just right then. Uh, but, you know, we're all, we're all clicking off. You know, we're, like someone said, we're like a jug of milk. There's a date there, uh, you know. And after a while, you start smelling a little sour. And, you know, it's, it's time to go on. Amen. And so anyway, (laughs) some of you didn't think that was funny, but anyway, uh, (laughs) you know, he got older and uh, his daughter said he was sitting at the breakfast table one morning and they were having breakfast and he said to his wife and to his daughter, he said, I'm going home today, I think it was 10 o'clock, I'm going home today at 10 o'clock and they thought, well, he's slipping, he is home, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, at 10 o'clock, they said he was sitting in his chair in his study, and he said, there comes Jesus by and fell over. Hallelujah. That's the way I want to go. Amen. Except I think I'd like to go after supper because I eat more for supper. Praise the Lord. You know, last meal thing, you know. How many think if you go to heaven, you're not going to care about what you had for supper, right? I've always thought about that, the last meal. I mean, who wants to eat a meal when you know you're dying? You know? All right. all right. Now, look at James chapter four. And I want to talk about this here. James chapter four. So, <clears throat> you know, the I, I really like, you know, not not all what we call Bibles are really Bibles. There's 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 paraphrases. How you many know that? Yeah. Uh, and some of them, they can shed some light. I wouldn't, I wouldn't base my doctrine on them. You know, like, you know, like the Living Bible. You know, the guy that wrote the Living Bible, he just did it for his kids. You know, his kids, in those days, you understand, there weren't all these Bible translations like we have today. And so his kids were reading the old Elizabethan English of the King James. And so he wrote, he, he, he wrote the, the, the Living Bible, but people liked it so much it started selling like crazy. His name was Taylor. And so it actually became a project he just did for his kids. It, it actually went worldwide, you know, kind of. And, uh, of course, you know, he didn't make any money off of it. He said he didn't want any money for it. You know, he just did it for his kids. But, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a translation. It was a paraphrase. It was him telling his kids what he thought the Bible was saying. Well, when you do that, so you, your, your own theology, your own prejudices can get involved in that. So you don't make that, you don't make doctrine out of those Bibles. Maybe they're fun to read. And one of them is like that, is like the message. Now, the message is not a doctrinally pure Bible. I'm not blasting it. I'm not telling you not to use it. I'm just saying know what you have. Yeah. All right? It's not a translation. It's not a word-for-word translation like a King James or a New King James or a New American Standard or something like that. It's not that. It's just somebody telling you what they think the Bible's saying there. And, but some things that he says is pretty funny. When he talks about the, the Scripture in 1 John 5-4 that we know that says, oh, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Let me know that Scripture? You should know that scripture because that's, that's the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. He says it this way, what brings the world to its knees is our faith. Well, really, that's the truth. And it brings the devil to his knees is our faith. And it brings sickness to its knees. It's our faith. Amen. See, how, how do we know that that's the truth? Well, Jesus said it, didn't he? He said, daughter, your faith made you whole. I don't know how many people he said that to. He said, you know, according to your faith, uh, being under your, your faith, well, oh, thou of great faith. Right? right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, when those guys tore the roof off the house to get the man in that was paralyzed, he said he saw their faith. Right. So how many of faith had something to do with their healing? Yeah, right, right. right? So we have to fight the fight of faith, the fight to stay in faith. Right. Because there are times where the devil, is, he's, trying to, he's trying to separate us from our faith. You know, by hindering things and by delay. But once again, Paul said, he hindered me, but he didn't, he didn't stop Paul. Amen. So here in, uh, did I tell you to go to James? Yeah, yeah. All right, let me find out. I'm in First John, James chapter 4, verse 7. It says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil... And he will flee from you. Now the word submit, you could put it this way and not change the meaning of it. You could say oppose. Oppose the devil. Well, that means you got to take some action, right? If you're going to oppose the devil, how you got to do something. Right? See, this is real important because a lot of people get caught up here because uh, they may believe something, but they're not... Doing something. Isn't that right? Yeah. See, how I many know? Uh, matter of fact, we're in James, so why don't you just go over to the second chapter, uh, if you would? Chapter 2, because I'll bring this out in this passage here. Uh, James chapter 2, it says, verse 18. Let me see if that's where I want to go. Yeah, verse 18. Yea, a man may say, You. Thou hast faith and I have works; show me your faith without your works. now notice and I will show you my faith by my works. so what's James saying? you can't faith can be seen by your works by your actions Amen. verse nineteen you believe that there's one God, you do well, the devils also believe in trouble, but will you know, O vain man that faith without works is dead? so what he's saying is you could. You could believe in healing, but if you don't do anything, you're no better off than the de- than the demons. They believe, but they don't do anything about it. How many follow what I'm saying? See, in other words, you're going to have to take some active stance against it. I, I you do however the Lord leads you. I know every day I confess my healing. Every day, there's it, not a day goes by I don't do that. Well, you know, I figure you know you do things. On a regular basis, sometimes to keep yourself healthy, right? How many bathe every now and then, every other Saturday or something? How many you know it's a good thing you do? We'll be able to tell after a while. Man, I was standing in line, the other day. I won't tell you that, but I was in this business, and this guy walked up in the checkout beside me, and I, th- I thought a horse had walked up. I thought, man, somebody needs to teach you how to bathe, brother. I mean we don't want any of that, right? Cuz that's just bacteria you're smelling. You're rotting before ours. That's why you wa- I mean that's why you bathe. You wa- you you have so many dead cells every day, right? Right? That's biology. You got to wash them off. You're just washing the death off. I'm not saying anybody in here needs to take a shower, okay? I'm just making a point that you you have to take some action about things, right? You got to do some things do you do things to keep yourself healthy you take you take some action maybe take a vitamin i don't know or 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 maybe maybe you uh drink some kind of you know special water or you you uh you eat some k- kind of maybe you eat prunes i don't know maybe you drink castor oil i don't know a lot of people do a lot of things you know uh, but you do <laughs> this is getting out of hand uh <clears throat> But how many how many are falling, kind of following what I'm trying to tell you? I think I lost myself there. Uh, <laughs> how many know you do things right? You take action, right? Isn't that right? You know, if you just sit, how I many if you just set and don't do anything, you'll die. You got to do something. You got to have some movement. got, right? Well, the same thing's true with your faith. Your faith has to have some movement, or it's dead. You know, like you don't use your arm for six months, you're gonna have a problem. Or you know, see the faith's the same way; it has to have some action. You've, you've got to do something with. You've got to do some resisting, resist the devil. Or how many know where is sickness from? The devil. Where's it from? The devil. the devil, right? So you could say resist sickness, and it'll it'll flee from you. Right. But you got to stand against it. You got to oppose it. You've got to take your stand. That's what 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 would that be? Well, it could be a lot of different things, but it could be feeding on the healing scriptures, right? How I many you, know? you faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word? How I many are the words of medicine? The words of life? How about confessing the word of God? How about believing that for in your life? How about saying I refuse to accept that and keep that? How about taking authority? See, there's a lot of steps that we could take that sometimes people don't take. They just say, well, I'm just believing. Well, no, true faith does something. Right. Yeah. See, your, your faith is, is what the Bible calls dead faith. How you many know what dead people can do? <laughs> you know, people get scared walking through cemeteries. Why? There's no, those people are the ones that can't bother you. Who right. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't want to walk through that seminary, cemetery at midnight. There's nobody there to bother you. I'd rather walk through that than downtown Evansville at midnight where there are live people, right? Dead people can't do anything. And so dead faith can't do anything. It won't produce anything. You've got to put some action with it. See, well, we, we just talked about the Scripture where Jesus said we saw their faith when they tore the roof off and let the man down through. I mean, you know, that was some pretty radical action, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, I found out that there are times, you know, we, we know we can, we can confess the Word of God over our lives. We can take authority over things that are attacking us. We can say, I forbid you. You're not going to stick around. You know, you know what I'm saying? You can do those things. You can, you can feed on the Word of God. You know, but there's times God will have you radically do things, you know. You know. But you need to, you need to have a living faith, not dead faith. Right? You know, dead faith. It's kind of like this. Before I was saved, if you would have asked me, is Jesus Christ the Son of God? I would have said yes. If you would have asked me, did Jesus rise from the dead? I would have said yes. I believe these things. Are you kidding me? I'm an American. That's the way we felt back in those days. How many know that, uh, see, that's changed now. But in those days, if you were from Ameri- if you were an American, you'd just, well, I, of course I'm a Christian. What do you think, am I, heathen? Yes, we really were because we didn't know Jesus Christ. But, but, you know, if you'd ask me, do you believe, and I would have been honest about it, honestly, if you just said, do you believe without accepting Jesus that you will die and go to hell? Yes. Do you believe you go to heaven if you accept Jesus as your Lord and say yes? How many know all that is true, isn't it? I said, it's true, isn't it? But it wasn't doing me any good. I believed it, but my faith was dead. It was dead until I stepped out and, with my mouth, confessed Jesus as Lord of my life. That changed everything. My life has changed today because of that action back in 1981. I mean, talk about faith. It's still working. I'm still saved. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you're saved or not. Like that group told Brother Hagin one time. It was a church group. They said, well, if you're saved, we're not. He said, well, that's the best indication I ever had that you're not. Because I know I am. You know. How many know the Bible tells us how to be saved, doesn't it? If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now, you may have done it differently. You know what I'm saying? When you kneel down and ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins, you're confessing his lordship. That's what you're doing. You're saying, you're Lord, so forgive me. Amen. Now, so we have to have live faith. I hope you got that. Did you get that? You have to have a live living faith. Let's close out. I'm kind of stretching it out a little bit here because I want to give the kids plenty of time to eat all that Chick-fil-A. I know Pastor Jerry's wanting me to close the service so there's some left when he gets back there. But anyway, let's go to 1 Chronicles. You get something tonight, I'll close right here. 1 Chronicles chapter 14. We pick on Pastor Jerry, but it's all true. First Chronicles 14, let's begin uh, with verse 8. you find that? Yep. That's in the Old Testament. I didn't say Corinthians, I said Chronicles. For, uh, verse 8 says, And when the Philistines heard that David was anointed king over all Israel, all the Philistines went up to seek David. Well, how I many oh, they know they weren't seeking him to be good to him? They were seeking him to cast him out of this inheritance, his kingship. And David heard of it, and he went out against them. many I mean, he took some action, didn't he? And the Philistines came and spread themselves in the valley of Repham. And David inquired of God, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? And will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said unto him, Go up. For I will deliver them into your hand. How many know that is always the case with the enemies of God? God will always deliver them into your hand, but you have to go up. And they came to Baal Perazim, and David smote them there. Then David said, God hath broken in upon, this is the old King James, but it's probably better off. God hath broken through my enemies. By my hand, like the breaking forth or through of waters. And they called the name of the place, they called the name of that place Baal Perizim. Now, this word Baal Perizim, in my cross reference, it literally means this the Lord or the master of breakthroughs. How <laughs> you many know our God is a master of breakthroughs? Yeah. Hallelujah. But you got to put some action. You got to give God something to work with. You can't just say, I believe in healing, and so that's good enough. No, you got to do something. You got to take your stand of faith. You got to fight the good fight of faith. You have to fight it. Otherwise, God, you know, God doesn't have anything to work with. You have dead faith. But God, see, there's people that, in this church that have been fighting some things for a a while. But I'm here to tell you, God is the God. He's the Lord. He's the master of breakthroughs. And it's always sweet when the breakthrough comes. You're always glad I didn't quit. You're always glad I fought the fight of faith. I stuck with it until victory. Hallelujah. Now, we understand that without God, there'll be no victory. But we're workers together with God. See, this is the part that sometimes gets missed, is it's not all God and certainly not all us. It's the combination of working together, right? Of course, there wouldn't be any breakthrough without God's power. We understand that. But God's power is available to those that are walking and living by faith, and faith is a living thing. Does that make sense to you? You got to do some things. See, the Bible tells us. I love this scripture. I've used this scripture a lot over the years. In Second, yeah, Second Corinthians two fourteen, it says God always causes us to triumph in Christ. Interesting thing about that word the the word causeth causeth there is actually a word that means a well, you could say it like this. God always has causes us to have a victory parade in Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, you, know, you know, you ever seen victory parades? Oh, yeah, you know, sometimes teams will have them after they win the, you know, the, the championship they, in their town. They have a victory parade. They had, them, they had a victory parade after the World War II, you know, on the streets and all, victory parade. Man, I mean, what are you doing? You're celebrating the victory. Are you ready to shout? If you just stay with it, if you just have a living faith, God will cause you one day to celebrate the victory out in the public. Hallelujah. Everybody knows about it. Hallelujah. I, I I'm convinced that there's been things the devil did to people that he wished he hadn't done. Because it just was too big of a testimony. How many thinks the devil wishes Lazarus hadn't have died? Maybe he should have left Lazarus alone. I don't know why Lazarus died. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. It just says he got sick and he died. Well, sickness is of who? Who's it of? It's of the devil, right? So... How I many that after Jesus lets him, you know, and Jesus did it on purpose, right? Because they said, you know, your friend Lazarus is sick and, uh, you know, he waits two days. He waits till he's dead. Then he goes, you know, and after four days of being in the grave, four days, he comes out of there. I mean, the devil probably wishes he'd have left him alone. How many think the devil wishes they hadn't have crucified the Lord of glory? Yeah. Jesus died, but since his resurrection, there's been millions of us spring up. Millions of us Christians, us Christ-like ones. Hallelujah. The devil's made a lot of blunders in his life. But, but you know, I mean, inspiring the crowds to crucify Jesus was a big one. And I'll tell you what, if you just stay with it, God will cause you to have a victory parade. Hallelujah. I'm just telling you, don't give up. You know, what? we used used to sing a song. uh, It was called, Don't Give Up on the Brink of a Miracle. Hallelujah. (laughs) How many of you know sometimes we're right on the brink of a miracle and people, you know... Because the devil is naturally going to put the, the most pressure on when he knows you're about to get a breakthrough. Amen. Well, did you get anything tonight? Yes. Hallelujah. How many, how, many, how many think you can fight some more? Yes. Man, it puts it into me. It's it just like, man, I'll tell you what. Um, I'm not giving in. Amen. I'm not giving up. Are you fighting for things right now? Uh, Yeah, I'm fighting for things right now. But guess what? You know what? Hey, I already know what's going to happen. Hallelujah. Amen. You got to speak your faith, right? You got to talk your faith. I told Phyllis yesterday, I said, this is the last time I'm ever going to do this. This is the last time, you know. I'm believing for that. Speak your faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't say, well, you know, I'm, I'm sick and I'm going to get sicker, you know. Some, some, people, some people, you know, some people, they, they glory in sickness. I glory in victory. Hallelujah. I glory in God. Amen. You know, if you're battling something today, God's on your side, right? Amen. He wants to help you. Don't you beat yourself down. Don't let the devil tell you you just don't have enough faith. No, he's just trying to talk you out of your faith. You say, devil, you just hang around. I'm not giving up. Amen. Hey, man. Even doctors in the natural will say that if people have a will to live, a lot of times they will live, you know, if they just have a will to live. And so how much more true when we fight the good fight of faith. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.